Can we get over fantasy worlds calling things half-breeds? Are you trying to take offense from it? No, I'm trying to take a door from it. Anyway, welcome back to Zero Credits. Happy Monkey Japes, everyone, and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John. Uh, Happy Monkey Japes, Henry. Happy Monkey Japes, John. So, uh, what are we talking about on this uh, most hallowed of occasions? Well, I feel like we need to start from the top and explain exactly what this new holiday that we're proposing is. Uh, Well, I mean, like all good holidays that one proposes, one must celebrate it first. Exactly, and we're trying to celebrate it by quitting our jobs and still getting paid, but they're not honoring our our beliefs on that. Yeah, see, I I really think that once the committee, you know, the holiday committee, approves this, then we're going to start you know, raking in the the residuals, the benefits that all these other people with their other holidays happen to have. You know, Mr. Christmas, Sally, Halloween, all these famous people who just reap in tons of benefits. And what's to stop us, two ordinary people, from creating our own holiday called Happy Monkey Japes? You also forgot uh, Jackson Memorial Day. Well... I didn't, yeah, his is so close that I didn't, you know, if you say someone's name when they're close to your holiday, they can hear you. And I think the greatest thing about having a holiday that, I mean, I really want to explore is the fact that when, of course, the holiday committee accepts your proposal for a holiday, you get made into an all-powerful genie. It's true. You get to grant wishes for the 24-hour period that your holiday encompasses. Just like uh, Sally Halloween, when her uh, holiday got accepted by the committee, she turned into a fear genie. And she can she can grant you any fear-based wish that you happen to have. Now, of course, for monkey japes, what me and Henry would... Uh, because we would, of course, be turned into a two-headed genie. Of course, as is written in the charter. Uh, we would then want to, of course, uh, with our genie powers, uh, bestow uh, japes and frivolities and guffaws upon people. And if they happen to involve monkeys, that's all for the better. I mean, monkeys are nature's funniest and most tragic animal. It's true. And, uh, you know, the uh, Maxine April Fools, uh, people think that she's a genie of humor, but she's actually a genie of embarrassment. You're right. You know, all those kind of, like, cruel pranks that happen on April Fool's Day that embarrass people, that's what she's actually working with. Not the fun, light-hearted, kind of wholesome humor that we're going for with our Monkey Jape holiday. And, of course, the chief tenant of, uh, of Monkey Japes is that... When celebrating monkey japes, you do not work, and yet you get paid for it. Now, that might seem like it's a, it's a national holiday kind of thing, but regardless of where you work, uh, you're going to get paid. It is a national paid time off. Even people without jobs, they get a paid check for this day based on 
the average income of the area in which they live. It's pretty complicated, but we, we made some spreadsheets, so I think everyone's going to be pretty happy. And we used three different types of colors, so it looks fantastic. And uh, we we put all of those different colors together in an equation with uh, three different variables graphed in three-dimensional space, so it looks very confusing. We use the number three for every decision about our graphs. Because, listen. Listen? Listen. Listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, the japes had me. Ah. Uh, if you if you go back and you listen, threes are throughout the triangle, the triad. Very important to monkey japes. Monkey japes paid time off. Everything has three somewhere in it, be it three syllables or three other things that could be within other things. It is the magic of triangles. It's pyramid magic. I mean, the Illuminati knew that, and that's why they kind of chopped off the top half of their triangle, but then put like a weird ghost eye one, so it's still technically there. That's why the uh, the Egyptians were the world's most powerful society, because they put four triangles together, oppressing a square. Yeah, that's three and then one to grow on. Yeah, you, you don't want to... I mean, don't grow on a pyramid, because you'll grow all sideways. Well, it's true, but... Their powers, they didn't want to limit themselves to the three, so they put a fourth triangle in there to show, like, hey, man, we're going to push this three thing to the next level. And it took the power of that fourth triangle to oppress a square, a triangle's natural enemy. You know, a square just wants to be two, a square just wants to eat two triangles to become a square, so you got to stop triangles, I mean, squares from doing that. Hey, kill all squares, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, if you're not here, you're dead. If you're not a triangle, biangle. Yeah, that's the new slogan. I've got it on a t-shirt. A t-shirt that has three uh, armholes? Yeah, it's got three sleeves, uh, three neck holes, and the bottom ends in a vicious taper. Like the animal? Yes, every, every shirt has a rabid tapir attached to the bottom of it. Now that's a shirt I can put on three different ways. Uh, you can, but I would not recommend it because of the tapir. Well, within reason. So, John? Yes, Henry? What are we doing? Uh, I think that we are <laughs> discussing a lot of really important things right now. You're right. These are very important, super vital to everyday life. Have you ever been to a catacomb? Um, I have been above catacombs, but I've never been to a catacomb. Now, what is a, what constitutes a catacomb? I think a catacomb is an underground passage, passage, collection of interconnected tunnels, not unlike a sewage system, but usually they're dry and they don't, you know, they're not for that express purpose of moving waste. Now, I'm not sure I've ever been in a catacomb. Yeah. Or above one. They're usually man-made, if that, to, to add a little bit more, uh, I guess, walls to this definition. And I mean, the, I guess the thing about catacombs is they're just the natural result of when people dig a bunch of tunnels and then they're like, gotta fill these with bones. Pretty much, yeah. And when I say I've been over one, I, I mean, I've been to Paris and apparently there are catacombs in Paris, so... I've never been in them, but I've been to Paris. 
Oh, Paris is rotten with catacombs. Oh yeah, it's lousy with them. It's uh, it's honeycombed with catacombs, and they're all filled with bones for some reason. Like I guess that's what they that's what that that was their crypts back then. I mean, yeah. Uh, generally, the the ancient Parisian bloods did not hang out in the catacombs. Okay, well, I, I get your joke. It's it's great. Yes, Henry. <laughs> I meant crypts as in, like, a a tomb. Oh, yeah, no. So many bones. Yeah, all these bones, and they're just, like, laying around being bones. I guess if bones did anything other than that, it would be, like, Halloween times. Yeah, like, skeletons? That would be fun. But I guess in our world it wouldn't be fun, because how do you defeat a skeleton in our world? We don't have any swords. I mean, if you punched a skeleton really hard, what would happen? Um, I don't know. It. Uh, I, how do skeletons even move without any connective tissue? I think it's uh, magic. <laughs> well, then, how much damage would a punch do to a magic thing? That's a that's a pretty good uh, that's a good point. You know, if you think about it, if we accept that skeletons would have to like reform with magic, yeah, and clearly magic doesn't exist, yeah. Then how can we be for certain that all bones aren't alive, but they're not moving because magic doesn't exist? So they're all alive and sentient, but they can't move? Yeah, they can't, like, bond together into a skeleton. They're just bones forever. What if, yeah, what if bones were, like, immortal parasites that outlived their host? Oh, man, that's that's terrifying. The enemy is living within you. And then, like, they get... They get really, really annoyed when we take their bone marrow. Yeah, because, I mean, that's their blood. Yeah, that would be their blood. Oh my god, bones are bones are immortal parasites. Oh, they're like those parasites that replace people's tongues. People? Fish, not people. <laughs> I was about to say, Jesus Christ, what? Uh, yeah, the parasite that replaces fish's tongue. Yeah, no, I don't want that to be a people thing, or else I would just jump off a bridge. No, there's a ton of, like, weird insect parasites that do very similar things, but it's just like, uh, nature is creepy and gross and weird. Hey, I mean, if those parasites looked at us, they'd probably think we're creepy and gross and weird. (laughs) What? You don't infect people and have them climb tall blades of grass so they get eaten by birds? That's strange. What, you you eat food and not the food that other things eat? How are you, you, how are you even gonna move? You're not even sucking the blood of a thing. Wait, you live in a house? I live in a possum's butt. <laughs> yeah. You mean you when you sit down, you can get up? When I sit down, I'm latched on for good. You don't live in the skin of another animal? Weird. Yeah. You don't move with you don't move with weird peristaltic motion. Weird. <laughs> you don't spend your entire life stuck to the underbelly of a shark. I don't get it. You know, I'm really glad these judgy parasites can't talk to us like this because I'd get pretty sick of them. I know, always judging, and it's like, Phew, you guys can't even exist by yourselves. So what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I I know that there's a way. I know that I could hear more from the Parasite community, but I'm just not willing to go to Parasite Twitter. Yeah, no, Parasite Twitter is, is really, all it is is a bunch of people trying to get other people to to get on it so that they can leech off of them. Yeah, and I don't understand their memes, because they're just other memes with the text removed. Yup. <laughs> and and if, you, if you squint, you can see tiny words for the Parasites, but they're, they're different memes in the big picture. 
because it's like a parasite meme. It's a meme inside of another meme. Yeah, and usually the words just say, feed me your blood. <laughs> Every time, no matter what the picture. One time I saw a picture of Guy Fieri and it was covered in tiny words that just said, feed me your blood. Oh, that's actually just, uh, that's just Guy Fieri's latest art piece. Oh, I've been really enjoying Guy Fieri's art lately. Yeah, um, a lot of people know him for his cooking and for his weird TV show where he makes fun of other cooks. But uh, it's really his art is where he flourishes. I, I particularly liked his pieces on puff pastry with puff paint. Yeah, you know, he goes for the, the expected. He goes for the pretty much obvious, but he still manages to pull out some good pieces. Yeah, you know, hiding in plain sight. That's that's what Guy Fieri's always done best. And it, I think it, it's really because the parasites within him are just trying to let the world know that there is no more Guy Fieri. He's just controlled 100% by parasites from his restaurants. Oh, it's a classic Meet Dave scenario. Oh, yeah. Definitely very much like that Eddie Murphy movie. You know, Guy Fieri is like Eddie Murphy in a lot of ways. Yes, both of them are Pluto Nash. It's, you know, based off of Guy Fieri, also known as Pluto Nash. You're right, you know. That was his nickname in college, and we didn't know why until Pluto Nash was released, and a lot of people lost their jobs, but it's obvious to us now. Yeah, you know, looking back on it, you know what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Twenty because he now has 20 extra pair of eyes, one for each parasite. Yeah, for each pair of parasites. Yep, 20-20-20 vision, and uh, he's going to be releasing a new line of glasses soon, so you can look for that in his restaurants. And uh, what are those glasses called? They're called the Pair of Sights. Oh, that's very that's very clever, Guy Fieri. Yeah, no, they his marketing team really, like, they'd hit the nail out of the park. Man, well, fuck that. Let's talk about something else. Okay, you want to talk about something real? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, what do you what do you, what do you got? What do you got, John? I don't have too much. Um, let me ask you a question. I am ready to receive your question. This is a hypothetical question. Okay. Which means your answer doesn't matter. <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh, what do you do? You think clearly? We believe that people should be able to work 40 hours a week and be able to support them and those around them in whatever way they see fit. Okay. Universal basic income, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But uh, is not is there something to be said for someone uh, working more than 40 hours a week and being paid for it just to do something that's like a relief from their other job? And I'm asking for a friend. So you're saying, what do I think of someone who wants to work more at another job, not necessarily to support themselves, but as a new avenue of experience? Yeah, like something that pays and helps them to to save and, and buy various trinkets, but it, in addition, has uh, maybe a social aspect or maybe something that they haven't explored before that they think might be kind of fun, and having this low-pressure job that doesn't pay you so much, you probably don't have to worry about it as much. Um, I think that when it comes to that, people are free to, to do what they want to do. So if a person wants to get, like, another job as an avenue of, like, expanding their worldview or something like that, 
and get paid at the same time, then I don't have a problem with a person who wants to work more than 40 hours a week. Phew. I wouldn't do it myself because, I mean, with all the other things that I do, on in addition to my job, I feel like I work more than 40 hours a week already, and I don't get paid for some of that. But uh, other people, yeah, sure, if they want to do that, go ahead. Yeah, I think that if I get another job, it won't be such a big deal if I get fired or quit. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't need the other job because you have your first job, so it's like you're going to find out how much bullshit you're willing to take from, like, uh, like for instance, a, a stupid or bad supervisor or whatever. Yeah. So it's just kind of like... It's your freebie job, you know? It's the job where you can mess up and it's probably gonna be okay. And in a way, it would, like, give me a feeling I haven't had in a while, which is, like, the summer job feeling, where you're like, this job isn't forever, and I don't even know if I'll like it, but I can try it. I remember having a job like that. It's like people are like, Henry, we know nothing about you! And I was just like, that's by design. I don't- I'm not sticking around here, guys. Yeah, see, I I feel almost like any job you don't truly care about should be that way, and you shouldn't feel obligated to stick around. Yeah, no, there's a weird, like, in retail and stuff, there's this weird sort of, like, uh, instinct or and retail workers to create, like, this weird family kind of thing where everyone bonds or whatever. But it's like, this job, much like a lot of things, is temporary, so I'm not gonna bond with you guys. I'm not going to play as a team because there's no incentive for me to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a relatively good point. Like, why should you care? The only reason I would want to bond with my fellow retail workers would be, like, if we're going to overthrow management and ask for a raise. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll get in on that. Or, like, create a scheme to start stealing stuff. That as well, because if there's one thing that there's a lot of in retail, it's things that you can steal. Yeah, they're basically giant brick buildings full of uh, loot. Yeah, and when I worked at a bookstore, there was always like, I would never pay money for this trinket thing, but how would I go about stealing it? And it always came down to, I don't want to deal with the, the, the fallout if I get caught. Yeah. But it's not like we had any, like, security mechanism other than, like, security cameras. Because the scanners at the front of the store were just for book barcodes. They weren't for any of the physical merchandise. Uh, from what I understand, uh, tremendously, tremendously easy to steal from this particular establishment. Yeah. And, like, the barcodes are only for the barcodes that we put on books. Like, a normal book that's not in, like, the teen or the comic section, because those are the only ones we put these particular barcodes on, you could walk out with just any book, really. Hey, uh, not saying that our listeners should steal, because stealing is wrong, but I mean, everything's temporary. Also, here's what you do. So here's how you do it. You go to the bookstore, uh, you can go through the main entrance, that's fine, but you get a book to, like, you're going to check out, you know, see if you want to buy. And then you go over to the cafe section and the door by the cafe, which is, a, it opens. It's not an emergency exit. It's like a cafe entrance that has no security by it whatsoever. So you, you could just like, you know, check out a book or whatever, read it for like 20 minutes. People are going to forget you're there. And then you just walk out with the book. Yeah. You just peace out with the book. Yeah. Act like you brought it with you. 
Yeah, because that's a real dumb idea, putting a cafe in a bookstore where people can just look like they own the books they're reading. Exactly. I mean, it's not illegal to bring your own books to a bookstore. It's just, you know, you might have some difficulty proving it. It is, however, illegal to bring your own clothes to a clothing store. That is illegal. You cannot just (laughs) bring a spare change of clothes to a clothing store and use their fitting room to change. That would be really weird. Yeah, they'll tase you. Yes, and, and we're not talking about, like, the security. We're just saying, like, normal people seeing you do this will take out their government-issued tasers and tase you. You know, the tasers that we all have. Yes, the mandated by our glorious state government and national federal government, all of the governments. <laughs> I've got three different tasers for, from each level of government. I got a FEMA taser, but it's not very good. Oh, yeah, the batteries are and, and the voltage are just... It, it's supposed to be used when all of the other tasers have failed. Yeah, uh, the fat lot of good that FEMA taser is doing me. They really just didn't have the budget, and they released them anyway. You know, even though it uh, it doesn't pack as much of a punch nowadays, my National Park Service taser is A-OK. Well, that one's rated for, like, bears and coyotes, so... Yeah, it's, uh... It, well, it's it's got the two ends, the thunder and the lightning. Yeah, you know. <laughs> is, what, is what they're called, one's for bears, one for coyotes. Exactly. It's, uh... One's alternating current and one is direct current because, as we all know... Coyotes are weak to alternating current. Bears are weak to direct current. With bears, the direct approach is always a better sort of uh, option to take. And if you hit a bear with alternating current, the bear grows in size. And strength. Proportionately, it's it's just a, it's just a Sci- exponential curve. That's scientific fact for you. The last time someone did that, a bear got so big it floated into space and became the moon. Yep, that's why we call the moon Ursa. That's right. For Ursa. Boy, what's happening? Holy crap. I think we're just really in the monkey japes spirit. Hey, monkey japes. Monkey japes. Everyone knows that to tell the truth on a monkey japes day is to tell three lies to your grandmother. And if if you tell three lies to your grandmother, you've told nine lies to your great-grandmother. Yeah, it just it goes exponentially backwards. And uh, the the most important thing about any any good monkey japes day is that if it goes off without a hitch, no one will ever be able to tell what you were lying about and what you were telling the truth about. That is true. Because, of course, uh, another tenant of monkey japes is that if someone is lying and you suspect them of lying, you can say, I have discovered your lie. And then they have to give you $20. Well, they have to, yeah, $20 and 33 cents. And yeah, I forgot, sorry, $20 and 33 cents. Yeah, because you gotta get the triangle. Yep, 3-3. Three, 3-3 three. Three, three for life. 3-3 three, three for life. What's the 3-3-3 three, three, three area code? I think that's the coolest place ever, but I don't know. Where's my phone? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Phone's on my bed. Well. You could just reach over and grab it. No, oh, you're right, but I would actually have to move because I'm on the far side of my couch. So, uh, should I buy a kayak? Uh, kayaks are cool. I've never been kayaking, but, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna go one day. Hold on. What? What's up, buddy? You've never been kayaking? I have never, I've been canoeing, I've been whitewater rafting, but I have never been kayaking. Oh, you're gonna. I'm going to? You're gonna. What? 
I'll make sure of it. What do you mean? I'll make sure that you kayak. How are you going to make sure that I kayak? I guarantee. You guarantee? I guarantee you gon' kayak. The 333 area code is for Guadalajara, Mexico. The funnest city on earth. Yep. <laughs> just, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> the good old GJ. Yep. Guadalajara, Mexico, home of the 333 area code. And uh, Guadalajara is, of course, the uh, birthplace of Kenny Rogers. I did not know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's where his song comes from. Which one? Uh, Guadalajara is my home. Well, <laughs> you would think with a title like that, I would be aware of this fact. See, a lot of people think Kenny Chesney is from Guadalajara. Oh, that's the wrong Kenny. Yeah, they think Kenny Chesney, because of his song, she thinks my tractor's sexy, and also I was born in Guadalajara. You know, that title's a mouthful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I was pointing out stuff. And, uh, yeah, no, Kenny Chesney, not from Guadalajara. He's from good old Nashville. Oh, Tennessee? Yeah, sure. Wow. I don't know who that is. Kenny Chesney? I think he's a country singer. I mean, judging from the song, I would think that's correct. Okay, so, uh, country singers. Tim McGraw. Carrie Underwood. Uh, Kenny Chesney. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Willie Nelson. I think I'm out. <laughs> okay. Faith Hill. Well, that... Faith Hill, nice. That was a good round of country singer or not. Oh, okay. Were there any knots in that round? I think you said Bruce Springsteen. Oh, is he not? He's kind of like a rock guy. Oh, but like country rock? Like folk rock, like frock. She's my cherry pie? Yeah. That's not, he didn't write that. He didn't. <laughs> no, he wrote, uh, Sweet Caroline. Uh, he wrote Born in the USA. Yeah, total country. Yeah, Billy Joel. It mentions USA, and it's written by Billy Joel. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. John? What's up? So, and some more somber news. Uh, mm. The other day, I came across one of those charity fundraiser pages for an individual that went into detail about, like, their their status and what was wrong with them, and, like, would you please donate money? In this trying time, and uh, I knew nothing about the condition that this person was suffering from, is suffering from currently. Uh, John? Oh? Have you ever heard of chronic Lyme disease? Uh, I've heard of Lyme disease. Alright, what do you know about Lyme disease? You get it from ticks, and horses have it more often than humans. Yeah. You get it from ticks, uh, specifically the black-legged tick, which is native to North America, particularly the Northeast and Midwest. Oh, thank God. Yes, and uh, they find them on a lot of mammals, deers, horses, uh, but especially these white mice that are like field mice. Um, so that's some of the basics of Lyme disease. What do, so what do you think chronic Lyme disease is? I think it's Lyme disease that is long-lasting. Yeah. It's it's kind of chronic. Uh, for the rest of your life, maybe? In some cases, yes. But here's the fascinating thing about chronic Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. According to half of the medical professionals in the world, or at least our nation, including, like, the, like, disease 
people, the people of the disease association and the CDC, mm-hmm. chronic Lyme disease does not exist. Wait, what? It does not exist. Uh, what? What? Okay, what? <laughs> According to half of the medical profession, who consist of doctors and, and professors and people who do research, this disease does not exist. Now, according to the other half, this disease does in fact exist, and they treat it. This does not seem like something that they should be split on. It doesn't. And I was, this is why I'm fascinated, because I just wanted to look up, like, what it was. So, of course, I went to Wikipedia, and instead of, like, a a definition, the first sentence is, Chronic Lyme disease is a generally unrecognized diagnosis that encompasses a broad array of illnesses or symptom complexes for which there is no reproducible or convincing scientific evidence of any relationship to B. burgdorferi, which is the name of the bacteria, infection. Oh. That's the... What are the symptoms? Well, the symptoms are like muscle fatigue, uh, drowsiness, haziness, um... Let's see if I can find, like, Wikipedia doesn't actually list any symptoms, which sucks if you're trying to research this disease. So you gotta Mm -hmm. go to a place like LymeDisease.org. Oh. Which is an organization dedicated to chronic Lyme disease. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, all (laughs) things that are pretty, all things that aren't extremely obvious. Yeah. There are things that might have other conditions to explain them, but it's Basically the same thing as Lyme disease, only here's the kicker. Lyme disease is supposed to be wiped out by a three to four week course of antibiotics. With chronic Lyme disease, after the three to four week course of antibiotics, it doesn't go away. So, I mean, is is Lyme disease like a parasite? Uh, what it is, is it's an, effe- an infection of a certain bacteria that's hard to pronounce because it's a bacteria. Um, but how it works is a black-legged tick bites you, and uh, black-legged ticks have a whole mess of bacteria in their mouths and in their mm. bodies. They just carry it. And uh, this particular one, it gets in your bloodstream, and it it's a smart bacteria because it does not stay in your bloodstream. It just uses your bloodstream to get to a point in your body where your your antibodies don't circulate very often. Mm. So there it propagates and then it gets into the muscles and it kind of just makes you feel as though you're exhausted, even though kind of like a mononucleosis kind of way. Mm. But also it like affects your mental capacities. People often cite like a mental fogginess or forgetfulness that is abnormal, um, especially in the younger Victims of this disorder, disease. So I, I guess if its primary symptoms are, I feel tired. If you go to a doctor and you say, I feel tired, and you and it's difficult to like back that up. That's so weird that the medical community. What? Uh, how do they test for the bacteria? Well, the, there, there is the CDC does have like a set of steps for this for Lyme disease, just normal Lyme disease to take, uh, but it's kind of problematic. But according to them, Lyme disease is you get bitten by a tick, a bull's eye rash uh, becomes manifest around the bite, mm-hmm. and then the 
they test your blood and that bacteria is found in your blood and then you are you officially have Lyme disease and then three to four weeks antibiotics and it's supposed to be wiped out forever. Like there's so no chronic Lyme disease. That is, they test your blood and there's no presence of the bacteria, but it continues forever. Well, it, it here's the problem with the CDC's uh, steps in approximately one fourth of people who have Lyme disease. That bullseye rash never manifests. Oh, great. So without the rash, people think I don't have it. And because of the nature of this bacteria that it literally hides in your body in a place where your body can't find it, you might have it, you might be carrying it, but you might not know it and you might not feel its symptoms for months to years after the initial bite. Jesus. And so, and even in people who have gone years and then they find out they have it, it's supposed to be they take antibiotics for three to four weeks and it's wiped out. But for a lot of cases, that doesn't happen. And it, it might be, be one of the symptoms listed is like uh, neurological. So it's, it's like you get into this weird cycle where you know you have this disease. And because you know you have it, you continue to feel its effects. Oh. There's no treating that. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know, this is a selfish thing, but maybe I have Lyme disease and that's why I'm tired every day. <laughs> well, see, and here... It Like, that sort of thing started to happen. People started to claim they have Lyme disease. But here's the kicker. Have you ever been bitten by a black-legged tick? Most likely not. Then but you, I can't be sure. That's true. But normally, like, you would know with a tick because the way a tick operates is that they latch on and, you, you know, they don't just kind of drop off. Oh, I mean, I've been bitten by ticks. You've been bitten by ticks? Yeah, of course. Then it's possible. Yeah, but bitten by dozens of ticks. It's possible. It might not be the same type of tick because that. I mean, the name Lyme disease comes from Lyme, Pennsylvania, where uh, I. Oh. Yeah, that's where uh, the disease was first found and studied. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I've never been bitten by a tick, so I know for sure I, I don't have it. But the only way you can have it is if you've been bitten by a tick. Now, uh, maybe this is just me being ignorant, but is uh, is something like fibromyalgia similar to this, where some people don't believe it really exists? I, I, I've not looked into fibromyalgia. I, all I know from that is the uh, ambulance chaser uh, lawyer commercials. I think fibromyalgia is like you have like muscle pain or or like tenderness, but it's like you can't track it down. It's inexplicable. Yeah, uh, it could be like that. It could be like also... You know, a number of people live with chronic, inexplicable pains. They just have chronic pain that no one knows, no doctors can find the cause for. And so a lot of medical facilities think they're just trying to scam painkillers. And I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily like neurological disorders or psychological disorders, but a lot of people have these kind of medically unprovable disorders that, that like affect their lives in very meaningful ways. Like people who, um, I forget what the name of the condition is, but they're people who believe that like electromagnetic waves. Oh, yeah. Um, hurt them. Yes, yes. Um, you know, Chuck from Better Call Saul is a character that suffers from that disease or disorder what have you Mm -hmm. and like uh that's actually a good point i hadn't thought about that show in a while yeah well this new season is airing but it's getting low numbers so no i love that show 
Yeah. But, you know, yeah, there, there are like neurological disorders that the symptoms present themselves as physical symptoms, but the cause seems ridiculous or the cause they can't find empirical evidence of the cause and there's a there's another similar condition where people believe that they have a uh, rogue hairs i have not heard about that i uh, i forget the name of it but it's a psychological condition in which people believe that they have a parasite that lives inside of them oh my gosh that and the the only uh symptom that they report having is like having these big long black hairs that grow out of their skin. That's and, creepy. And then when they try to grab aforementioned hairs, they like recede into their body. So there's no way of proving that they have this. Yeah. That seems a little convenient, but also weird. And there it's it's pretty widespread in that a lot of people believe that they they have this condition. And in a lot of ways, the human mind's so powerful that if you believe you have a condition, sometimes the symptoms will appear for n- n- no logical reason. I mean, placebo effect, perception is reality. Like, how we are is how we feel. And the thing is, with a lot of people who are who are diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease... They're diagnosed. A doctor tells them that they have it. So it's like, it's not as though they're making it up. Mm-hmm. One of the the saddest things about chronic Lyme disease is because the CDC does not acknowledge it as a real disorder, um, because doctors have published papers claiming that the three to four week course of antibiotics should be enough to wipe it out forever, other treatment, which is a longer course of antibiotics that last years is not covered by any major health insurance oh no yeah so you're paying for expensive antibiotics for months years years months if not years and it's all out of pocket because no insurance because the the cdc doesn't acknowledge it no health insurance will acknowledge it either so you basically have like if you if you have this you have no avenue of getting help Exactly. You have to rely on friends and family and the few organizations that exist to raise awareness of it, because otherwise you're just dealing with this this kind this just horrible sort of way of life where it's like you're too exhausted to do anything, everything aches. It's kinda like having mononucleosis but full time and it doesn't go away. That's mono, right? Yeah, mono. Okay, I'm not a smart man. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Now I know that's called uh, a mononucleosis. Yeah, I only know that because I've been reading articles about chronic Lyme disease and it gets compared to that a lot. We should talk more about uh, about apocryphal sim- uh, like apocryphal syndromes. They're interesting to me. Yeah, you know, I, it's I it, the weirdest thing is I just googled you know this name of this disorder which I've heard of before. But never looked into because I just wanted to see what it was. And then I find a medical debate that's been going on for 50 years. Yeah, I I can't. Whenever I find that the medical community as a whole is split on something or that some doctors do believe it exists and some don't. I'm like, what? Clearly there's something there worth talking about because half, half of doctors aren't quacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these are doctors like... Not all doctors are super smart or brilliant, but they've gone through enough school to know that this is something is happening or something's not happening, but it's still worth looking into. I'll have to look more into this. I'll have to try to figure out some more about it. 
Yeah, and I, yeah, you know, I know a guy who's going through medical school, and I, I kind of wanted to pick his brain about it, but I didn't have time, and also I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, so I didn't want to just be like, "Hey, uh, guy, I haven't talked to. What, what are your thoughts on chronic Lyme disease?" Especially if he's one of the people that doesn't believe in it. Yeah, and it's you know. He's like, uh-oh, crazy alert. Oh, yeah, that disease for insane people? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I'm a doctor. <laughs> uh, man, what a classic doctor burn. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Hey, it's a good segment. I need to go to a doctor. What's wrong, buddy? My hip keeps crunching crunching like it's like there's a little tiny like bubble wrap in my hip as like that's weird yeah i hope i don't have arthritis i mean anything's possible i'm i get <laughs> what i'm not saying um, no it's i just thought about it just made me very sad so sad that i laughed <laughs> it was a very depressing sad laugh i didn't uh, mean anyway. anything's possible like you're it's likely a habit. I just meant... No, Henry, I get it. I have arthritis. I was gonna say, I, I have, like, onset carpal tunnel. What do you want from me? Isn't... Yeah, carpal tunnel's gross. It's like in my thumbs. No, you know, my left hand has started turning. Let's just talk about our ailments. Hey, we're getting old. We're up there. Everything hurts. My back hurts every day for some reason. My back has hurt every day for the last ten years. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because you're eight foot eleven. And also, I broke my back in half. You did? Yeah, it's a dumb story. You don't want to tell it on this podcast where potentially hundreds of Japanese people could listen to? Oh, sorry. I forgot the Japanese were listening. Uh, no, I just uh, hurt my back real bad deadlifting one time. And I hurt it so bad that it was hurt four months. Jeez. Wait. Did I, I live through this, didn't I? No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you were alive at the time, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> gotcha. We didn't know each other. That's what I know. No, that uh, there, there were there are periods, maybe every few years, a uh, few months, where I hurt my back badly and then have to take it easy for a minute. Sorry to hear that. I'm just. I was going to blame my shitty office job. <laughs> so uh, no, my back hurts because my back has hurt so long that. Do you remember GameFly? Yeah, the service that would, like, send you out a, a game for, like, a week, like, a la Netflix. Yeah, I hurt my back when Gamefly was popular. Wow, so, like, six billion years ago? Yeah, because I remember that I had just gotten a video game called Prototype, and I was playing it while I was laying in bed with ice. Huh, that's funny. You played a game where you're literally super-powered and can climb buildings while you were physically incapable of moving. It uh, it was a really good uh, short film. Oh, it's not a real game? Oh, no, I mean, that story was a really good short film. Oh. The short film that I lived. Gotcha. Was it, it was in black and white, wasn't it? It was. No, Prototype's great. No, I've never played it. It's garbage. I love it. All right, well, I have no interest in garbage. Oh, then how come you like Hearthstone? God damn it, you got me. Boom. <laughs> got him. Got him in one. Oh, I like Hearthstone because I'm good at it when I'm in the low, the 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 super high ranks. And by high, I mean low. So, uh, how much money have you won? None. How much fame? None. 
What good does it do you? Because the only measures of success are money and fame. Uh, happiness? Hierarchy of needs? Much? Uh, does it make you happy? Uh, no. See? (laughs) That's beside the point. It doesn't make me happy, and it gives me nothing. I love it. Isn't there, like, a a Maslow's, like, surrounding hierarchy of needs, which is just, like, an acknowledgement of it fills time? Well, there's actually, there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and then there's Maslow's actual hierarchy of needs. Yeah? Uh, Whereas uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of course, goes, like, food, shelter, and then, I don't know, wealth, and then, like, uh, recognition, and then self-actualization. Yeah. The actual hierarchy of needs is, um, fuck it, and then the next level is, does this taste good? <laughs> and then the level up from that is just killing time, and then the top level is fuck it again. That that sounds like me at my job. That's, I mean, that's the actual hierarchy of needs. It's like, we're just looking for food and doing whatever. Yeah, just killing time until we have to be at the next destination at a certain time. What a, what a bleak outlook, but totally accurate. I mean, you, that's what you're trying to work toward to escape that, that hierarchy and get to the other one. Yeah, that I mean, I would I would be okay with cashing in my chips and just getting food and self actualization. Yeah, you know, nothing big, just food actualization and not starving to death outside and the cold. Yeah, because I mean, I don't need recognition or or wealth. I just want I just want to feel good about the things that I make and eat food that tastes good. Yeah. Isn't that what we all want somewhere deep inside of our money grabbing souls? I think that's accurate. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry, I I was thinking about how I hate my job, but then last paycheck, they gave me a bonus of $500, and it made me not hate my job, but it made me hate myself. Yeah, no, uh, paychecks, I just get paid myself. Nice. It uh, goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, it's a sad, sad cycle. We're just people who slowly rise up out of our chairs, ready to do something, ready to take action, ready to take our life by the horns, and then someone just walks in and throws money in our faces so we sit back down again. Pretty much. And, like, I'm pretty sure sitting all day is hurting my back. Oh, yeah, get a better chair. Well, I have I have two chairs that I rotate. Oh, trade them both in. <laughs> I wish I could, but I don't, I don't know how to make a purchase order at the company I work. Oh, purchase orders are the worst. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, and no one is willing to tell me, so I just pawn everything off to my coworker who's only in for four hours each week. Nice, you should start taking things of theirs. I, I mean, she left all her stuff, so might as well. Yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, we think of pay as being given uh, tickets that we can redeem for goods and services for doing things that are productive. Yeah. But what if pay is just a way to... Uh, quell revolt for making people do things you want them to do i mean i i'm i honestly think that's a part of it because it's like yeah we're working for money but it's also like why am i doing this menial task i i I have two degrees Uh, i should quit this job and find something better and then like the payday comes i'm like oh wait that's right i need this money to pay my rent to live i need their health insurance so i don't die or go broke if i something bad happens i'm i'm physically ensnared by all of my benefits and salary it's 
It's a total trap. See, and that's what I hope by getting a second job is that I can get a taste of like that other that other life, that doing things and getting paid for it and not and not getting like huge sums of money for it and just being like, hey, is this a thing that I enjoy? Is it not? Yeah, I mean it's a good thing to check out. I live that I lived in a way where I was paid just for the services I rendered and uh it was a it was definitely a way of life, but I was jealous of people who were on salary. Only and be- now, because my boss was abusing his salary, it turns out. Oh, he was like never there, and like was raking in this huge salary, and now I'm on salary, and I'm expected to be there. It's just kind of like, wait, this is not what I experienced. There are two kinds of salary. There really are. There's the salary where they expect you to be there at the rooster's cacaw. Yeah, and the salary where they don't care. Yeah. And, you know, if with uh, capitalism, if you work for a corporation, you probably work for the people who uh, who want you there at the crack of dawn. Yeah, but then you'll become one of those people and you'll be resentful, so you'll do it to your employees. Yeah, if they ever give me employees, I'm going to treat them like shit. Yeah, that's that's how the system works. That's how people ended up being treated like shit. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm not going to last more than a year there. Hey, that's the dream. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got plans, man. I've got you, you should you should see them. My plans. Yeah, uh, uh, plans are all cool and all, but you gotta make it happen. Well, yeah, I'm gonna apply. I'm I'm pretty much set on going back to school. So, uh, so hi, Henry's boss. Oh, he's there. Yeah, he's a listener. Oh yeah, no, no way, no way in hell. My my boss is afraid of computers. Oh well, that's good. This is the most computer podcast on the internet. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even know what a podcast is. He thinks I edit video. And this is why I will never put my podcast on my resume. Well, it's on file, so they can always look it up. <laughs> it's it's true. You know uh, what that makes me think of? What does that make you think of, John? Makes me think. About going and eating this takeout and ending this episode. Wait, let me do the math real quick. We started at like 12? We started like somewhere between 12 and 15. So we've been going for like 58 minutes and we're going to burn like 5 minutes on ads. Okay. Plus this part that I'm not going to cut. Yeah. But no, we can we can banter a little bit, but I'm very hungry. I'm also hungry. I have a pizza to cook. What kind of pizza is it? Uh, cheese and meat and murder and blood. What brand is it? Is it a screaming Sicilian? It's an H-E-B. Oh, a Heb. Heb. Hey. Hi. Yeah. Uh, can I go to Texas? Because you got H-E-Bs. You got uh, Chucky... Chucky Cheats. Chucky... No, Chucky... Chucky Charlie's. What the hell's the name of that rest uh, gas station? Bucky's. Bucky's. Chucky's. Yeah, Bucky's. Y- y'all got a Wegmans? What the fuck is a Wegmans? A Wegmans is a grocery store. No, we've got Randalls, we've got HEBs, we've got Walmarts, we've got Targets, we've got... Oh, uh, what's that one? Cost, cost, Costco. Oh, sweet. I can't wait to go to Costco. You gotta be a member. Is this inside the podcast or outside the podcast? This is all in the podcast. Nothing's out of it. Oh, that's great. Speaking of capitalism, yeah, you should uh, do the following things to get in touch with us. I mean, yeah, get in touch with us. Yeah, get in touch with us at, uh, John Go. Henry, Henry, <laughs> don't fuck with me on this. What? You can get in touch with us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Let me say that again, much slower. At
That stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry John. Whoa, we actually said what it stands for correctly. Yeah, no fucking around. No fucking around. Just like you shouldn't fuck around, but email us at Zero, zero Credits, credits is, a is a podcast at, at gmail.com. At G. G- <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That? Zero Credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, send us your corrections, but please do send us some stolen books. And if you feel bad because you're behind in weeks or whatever, it doesn't matter. We'll read it anyway. We don't care if you're just starting or you've been listening for 25 years. Email us and we'll make a segment based around you and your smart words. We don't care. We love you. Just get in contact with us. And if you love us, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Seriously, leave us good iTunes reviews. Like, if you're listening to this right now... But please do that, because that is the fastest way for us to grow an audience. Yep. Quit quit listening on your, your browser. Open up iTunes. Find us on under the podcast and give us a rating. We know you have an iTunes. We know you never use it, because who uses iTunes anymore? But that's seriously one of the fastest ways we can become a phenomenal powerhouse. And word of mouth, but word of mouth is easy, so do both of them. Dot com. And, uh, let's see, we have a Twitch channel, which might have content soon. <laughs> God damn it, John. Hey, no, listen, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a contact on some content. Alright, that's cool. Uh, twitch.com slash zero credits is our, how we go. There's a cat in my room. There's a cat in his room, and we're on Facebook, too. We're on to Facebook. Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook server, and you'll find us. We're there, and you can like us. Yeah, also Dungeons & Dragons is cool, so we should do another episode where we play that. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. That was a real fun episode. We could do that. So, look forward to that, maybe in the future. And from here to there, this podcast isn't square. We are sounding more and more like people of limited mental faculty. Today's theme was making shit up. (laughs) Put that at the end.